We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. Keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and submit a brief review. That would be very helpful to us. We're giving you a half hour of free entertainment. Hopefully you can give us one to two minutes back of writing a review. So, Bill, welcome in. And we've got a pretty good week seven cooking for us this week. Yeah, and I've already peeked ahead at week eight. Week eight will be even better. But uh, before we get there, it's kind of, for some teams this week, the theme is going to be you can't look ahead. You know, if you're Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Michigan to some extent, uh, a couple other schools you can't look ahead, but there's a couple really good rivalry games, one top 10 showdown that mm-hmm. we've kind of fleshed out. It should be a fun week. Yeah, that, that's the, the big mega burger takes place to, uh, out on the West Coast this weekend, so that'll be fun. All right, well, before we get into our viewer's guide and our confidence contest, let's kick it off with a little Trochi trivia. I think I've told you I'm going down to Tallahassee this weekend to work on a story on uh, Charlie Ward and the 1993 Seminoles are being honored uh, at halftime of the Syracuse game. Uh, They're playing at noon on ABC and I will be um, doing a story that I think we're going to run in December on, on Charlie Ward's rare double of winning the Heisman trophy and then being a first round NBA draft pick. So the Trochi trivia question is going to surround Charlie Ward's accomplishment. Uh, it's a two-pronged question. Can you name who finished second in the 1993 Heisman Trophy race? And who went number one overall in the 1994 NBA draft? I know it's usually a college football question, but the 1994 NBA draft and the 1993 Heisman runner-up. So mm-hmm. you can think about that, and we'll uh, we'll try and uh, revisit that at the end of the show. But now let's 
but oh, what do you think? Are you no, confident on that? You're about 14, 15 years old. Got, bender paying attention at that point. I got the NBA guy. I don't know about the uh, – I'm gonna have to. I got time to think on the the college football guy, which is okay. sad that I know the NBA guy right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat, huh? That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Thirty years, uh, so not bad there. All right. he's, he's the hint. He's the best Big Ten basketball player I think I've ever seen. So <laughs> there you pretty go, good, Bill. Pretty. Good. He's less known. Uh, originally, I looked up the '93 draft, but then I realized it should be the '94 draft. The '93 right. draft uh, was Chris Weber, and that was the. Yeah. Memorable number one situation there. So the second best Big Ten basketball player I've ever seen. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think I think I got that one, but I'll, I'm gonna have to think critically on the other one. But let's get to it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, the viewers got Friday night, a little bit of an appetizer. Uh, Stanford to Colorado, 10, 10 p.m. on ESPN. Dion is back. He's off the Pac-12 network uh, with a Friday night primetime situation. Not even primetime, a little later than primetime. But it'll be interesting to see these numbers. Colorado is an 11.5-point favorite. I tried to find the viewership numbers for Pac-12 network. They're not on Nielsen. So they are not on that, uh, you know, sports media report that's so great every week. Uh, so I don't know what they did on the Pac-12 Network last week. Is probably good relative to the Pac-12 Network because it's a very close game, and obviously Dion has drawn eyeballs all year. But anyway, 
Uh, what, what do you think about Colorado? Is this a danger spot for them? I don't know. I just I feel like a letdown's coming at some point. Well, they haven't been a great favorite in terms of covering the spread. They uh, are, I think, one. I'm looking at it right now, one and two as a favorite. Blew out Nebraska. That was the only game where it was like they totally took care of business. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just blew out Nebraska and and did their thing there. Stanford, not very good. This is a huge game for Colorado from – they're going to win, Bill, but – you look at their last five games, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. They will be an underdog in all five of those games, I think. Arizona, I don't – we'll see. Uh, so that's what I'm – I get a one click away. That's at home. So that they may be favored against Arizona. And that's the one that they have to have against Stanford. They have to have Arizona. That gets them to six and six minimum. So – which, again, we talked about at the beginning of the year as a win. The fascination in Dion is – as proven by our web traffic or scientific web traffic at Sporting News, it's still very high, um, which is a little surprising to me. And Travis Hunter may be back, which is uh, yeah, that's uh, great. Really- that's great for the sport. He's fun to watch. He's so yes. dynamic, especially on offense. I remember, um, you know, we've watched them so much this year. But right, he was their best receiver against TCU. Right, yeah. I mean, he was. He's their best player. Third down situation. Shador, that was his first look. Yeah, they uh, so I think they've got to keep it moving this week and they win the game. And on a front, you know what I'm curious about is the TV ratings on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll probably be pretty high. I mean, the people sitting around, they'll, they'll tune to, into Dion maybe more than the, the average Friday night ESPN game. Right. It is late, you know, it doesn't kick till 10. So we'll see if that affects things, but uh, it didn't affect. The Colorado State rating, which was through the roof, and that game didn't kick off till ten thirty. So I was on Saturday, but um, they got crazy numbers for that game. All right, so Saturday, let's get into Saturday. All right, our noon window, we got Syracuse at number five, Florida State, ABC noon. Like I mentioned, Florida State is a seventeen and a half point favorite. The noon window with the prominent teams all have very big spreads. Um, but anyway, so Florida State, uh, they moved to number four in the AP poll this week. Uh, and they have two ranked teams left on the schedule before the ACC title game. Duke and Miami. Duke is next week. Uh, looks like Johnny Wilson will play this weekend. He left in the third quarter last week against Virginia Tech with uh, an undisclosed injury. I couldn't really figure out what was wrong. They never really announced it. Mike Norvell sounded optimistic this week that he will be back. Uh, Syracuse started 4-0, comes in on a two-game losing streak. They lost by 17 to Clemson and by 33 to North Carolina. Uh, This one might be more the same. Florida State's won all three home games by 20 points. Uh, Their two close games have been on the road. If they concentrate and avoid, you know, they they had 12 penalties and a kickoff return for a touchdown against Virginia Tech this week. They don't want to have any of those type of lapses. Uh, I think they won't have any problem. No, and they should be fine. I, I think their schedule of the remaining ACC contenders is the softest. Uh, they they definitely have the best odds of going 12-0. and 0. I mean, what impressed me last week against uh, Virginia Tech was they got the running game going a little bit, and I always pay attention to that. They had 209 rushing yards, six yards of carry. It was really their first game where they had ran the ball well, 
with, with the weapons they have. And, and you mentioned Johnny Wilson, they get them back. I think they'll breeze in this game, but Syracuse will make them work a little bit. And, and it's at home and sets up a big game with, I, I, yeah. hey, this is good for your Charlie Ward, Ward story. This is probably the biggest Florida State Duke actual football game and not a basketball game where Charlie <laughs> Ward was running around and playing against all those Grant Hill teams in the 90s. So uh, um should be fun. I think Florida State will cruise, though. Charlie Ward's team beat Bobby Hurley and Duke. Yes. You no, know, in uh, 1993. So that was uh, a big moment. Uh, yeah, back in that era, I've been doing a lot of research, needless to say, and they, they had just joined the ACC, and that was the pinnacle of, like, the Duke run and stuff like that. And they held their own very well on the basketball court as well as uh, football. So, all right, so beyond that, in the noon window, a lot of projected blowouts. Ohio State at Purdue. Arkansas at Alabama, Vanderbilt at Georgia, Indiana at Michigan. All the spreads are around 20 to 30, 20 to 33 and a half. Uh, rather than break every game down, just give me which of these four has the best chance to be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't, none of them really on paper have a chance, but if, if you had to pick one out of these four, uh, what do you think might be a one-score game in the fourth quarter? I'll I'll do you one better. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I'll I'll do least to most. So like least likely it will be Georgia Vanderbilt. Sorry for the Vanderbilt <laughs> grad. I mean, they've only scored six points in the last three meetings against Georgia. They've been absolute slaughters. So yeah. Uh, um, three least likely will be Michigan Indiana. Uh, those have been some close games in recent years, and Indiana has had a way of slowing them down and is coming off a bye week, but at the big house, Wolverines win big. Two, I'll say Ohio State-Purdue, and weird stat here, and everybody in here in Columbus knows this now, is um, Purdue's won three of the last four at Purdue against Ohio State. Like they, that's a trouble spot for them. It's been a weird spot for Ohio State. There's been a lot of circumstances around that, but I think Ohio State still goes in and wins and sets up the Penn State game. And then Alabama, Arkansas would be most likely because Arkansas has played with them the last two years. Arkansas has lost three straight one score games. I know Alabama has some things figured out. I know it's at home, but I still think they're not quite there offensively yet. And Arkansas can put up some points with KJ Jefferson. Maybe it's like when they played a couple years ago where Alabama wins, but Arkansas is always in the picture. I don't think any of these games will be a one-score game. But I, in terms of most likely, I would say that one. Uh, even though it's the home one for Alabama, I, you know, that, that, that is a keep your focus, take care of business Saturday for all four of those schools. Yep, yep. So speaking of Arkansas, one quick thing before we move on to the afternoon window. I got a question for you. Should Sam Hartman, I'm sorry, Sam Hartman, Sam Pittman be on the hot seat? Not yet. Because, it's, yeah. It's so four years before he got there, Arkansas was 15 and 34. Right. They went to one bowl game. The four years with Pittman, they're 21 and 21, two bowls. So they are, he's definitely improved the one loss record relative to before he got there. Uh, there have been seven coaches. So, like, I don't know what the standard is for Arkansas. I don't know what fans are looking for. I know that, you know, the, it, the, the, his seat is heating up a little bit internally. Um, I don't know if Arkansas expects 10 wins, but I looked it up after the 
seven they've had seven coaches since they joined the SEC, and two of the seven have won ten games. That's it. Bobby Petrino did it twice. Right. They can't run the ball. He yeah. did it once. Yeah. Um, what are the expectations? What should be the expectations? And sh- you know, to me, I'll let you take it from here. No, go ahead. If you get the wrong guy, it can bottom out quickly. Right. So, and and yeah. they saw that. So I don't know that Sam Har- – uh, I keep saying it. Sam Pittman is going to get them to 10 wins, 11 wins like they dream of. But if you make a change and you get the wrong guy, like I said, it, it, you know, it can go south. Yeah, and Arkansas, it's expectations versus reality. I remember Paul Feinbaum and I had this back and forth where he said it's harder to win there than it is at Iowa State. And I was like, you're crazy. And uh, – but he he's a fan of Sam Pittman, and I, I think he still is. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that's life in the SEC West, where every year a team like – I mean, this could be Lane Kiffin next year that's 2-4, and four, or it could be Brian Kelly that's 2-4. and four. That's life in that division. It's not easy. So, And they have, lot, like I said, lost three one-score games. They, they've competed with Ole Miss. They've competed with LSU. The, the BYU loss was bad because it was at home. But uh, – mm-hmm. Four straight losses. It'll be five. But then you look at the back half of their schedule, Mississippi State, Florida, Auburn, FIU, and Missouri. I mean, they could at least win three of those. And then it's either five and seven or six and six. So I I don't think Sam Pittman's going anywhere despite the losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Let's move on to the afternoon window, the number one game of the weekend. Number eight, Oregon at number seven, Washington. 3.30 on ABC. Washington is a three-point favorite at home. You talked to Kalen DeBoer this week. We'll have a story on SportingNews.com getting into that game. Uh, Interesting stat I noticed. Uh, For a big game, it should be a close game. Guess who's the most penalized team in the nation? Washington. Interesting. 94 yards a game. Oregon is 111th, which isn't great, but it had only 64 yards a game. So there's 30 yards a game in penalties difference right now between these two teams. By the way, footnote, Michigan, number one in the country, only 17 yards a game. So not only have they just rolled people over, they have not made any self-inflicted wounds. So good for them on that. So penalties could come into play, something to keep an eye on, 94 yards a game every game is a lot so i don't know what's going on there uh last year great game tied 34 34 if you remember under two minutes to go oregon had a fourth and one at its own 34 and failed they ran it up the middle didn't work uh noah whittington was stuffed washington got the ball kicked the field goal oregon couldn't answer in the final seconds washington gets the win big gamble there by dan lanning did not work uh two of the best offenses in the league uh, it's going to be fun. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I picked Washington, but as the week goes on, I'm starting to think Oregon might win this game. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So, but, it, I mean, it could go either way. It's a coin flip. I mean, Washington has the best pass offense in the country, uh, the best deep shot passing game in the country, and they are at home. Uh, Oregon is one of two teams that is top 10 in scoring offense and scoring defense. Georgia is the other. That's, to me, always the most simple metric of saying who the best team is. We score the most points, we give up the fewest points, we're the best team. (laughs) All these, like, metrics and analytics, I was like, that's one of the first things I look at. How many teams are top 10 in both? And they are one of them. So, 
uh, that means they score a bunch of points and they stop you. And when you do that and run the football, you win games. So I, I can, think it's going to be see a, fifth grade Bill Bender analyzing game, fifth grade Bill Bender yeah. and, and, and doing the same thing. Points for points against. And uh, 35 years later, there's no difference, right? And pretty much. If you look at the <laughs> seventh and eighth grade diocesan Columbus Catholic League diocesan football rankings. Yeah, it's probably about the same. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, much like last year. I remember you and I were slacking back and forth during that game last year. It was an incredible football game. So hopefully it gets enough eyeballs on it. I, I think the winner here is probably going to play in the Pac-12 championship game and have a really good shot at the playoff. So, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see it. This is one of those games where no rooting interest or any of that. I, I think both offenses are tremendous. Anytime you have the top two offenses in the country on the same field, it ought to be a lot of fun. A Big Ten classic, to be sure, right? Big. Yeah, future Big Ten game. I can't wait. You know, so yeah, these teams could be playing for a Big Ten championship here very shortly. Yeah, that was great. All right, so next up on the docket at three thirty, going head to head with this one. Uh, over on CBS, uh, Texas A&M at number 19, Tennessee. Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Tennessee's 4-1 and one, coming off a bye. They're 4-0 and oh at home and 0-1 oh and one on the road. They lost to Florida. Uh, they are number seven in the country in rushing offense, which is funny after being known for that incredible passing offense they had last year where – just guys were running free all day long against everybody, especially Alabama, in that big win. So that Tennessee has uh, learned not only to compliment, they can still throw the ball, but they have a top 10 rushing offense this year as well. Texas A&M, 4-2, coming off a close loss to Alabama at home. They're 0-1 on the road this year. They lost to Miami in their only chance, 48-33. Uh, last, like I said last week, it was a four-quarter game against Alabama. You know, total yardage was very close. They just they couldn't make the clutch plays when they had to. Uh, Max Johnson, though, he's 14 for 29, 249, a touchdown and a pick. It's hard to get a feel for this one. They're not they don't play very often. They've only played twice since AM joined the SEC. Uh, most recent was 2020 in an empty Neyland Stadium. So this will be a new experience for Texas AM. And uh, one footnote to this one: if the Aggies lose. 10 and 12 in their last 22 games. Not it's not going to not. Yeah. And I know Texas A&M's a popular upset pick here, but Tennessee nine and zero in their last nine home games, seven and two against the spread at home, going to have the checkerboard going. And that running game is always a difference maker to me, uh, able to run the football. And I think that's going to be the difference that the Vols are at home. Texas A&M coming off an emotional loss could be a tight game, should be a fun game. But uh, this is a big spot for the Vols, who, as we broke down all those one loss and unbeaten teams in the race, they're kind of the one we're talking the least about that could still build up their resume and, and, you know, get to this Alabama game next week. So they can't really peek ahead either. I mean, they got to go to Bryant-Denny next week. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Yeah, they don't really have any big wins on the schedule yet. They'll get their opportunity. And... The one game they were kind of in the spotlight at Florida was an ESPN game. They kind of fell flat. So, uh, yeah, it's understandable why they haven't been talked about much, but this is an opportunity to get a big win on CBS against, you know, pretty good team. So that should be a tight one too. 
one other one I want to talk about in the afternoon, Iowa at Wisconsin, 4 o'clock on Fox. Wisconsin is a 10-point favorite. This is uh, Neither team is ranked, but it's, a, it's really big for the Big Ten West. Uh, the only two teams in the Big Ten West right now who are currently over 500 in the league. Wisconsin's 2-0, Iowa 2-1. Uh, whoever wins this will be in great shape. Iowa is 5-0 against unranked teams. And then 0-1 against uh, a ranked team that got blown out by Penn State, of course, 31-0. But uh, the fact that they're 5-0 against unranked teams, they only have unranked teams the rest of the way. Uh, backup QB, Deacon Hill, 6 for 21 for 110 yards and did not complete a pass to a wide receiver against uh, Purdue. Yet they won 20-14. to Anyway, we can laugh all we want, but they keep winning. They never even trailed against Purdue. And... Uh, you know, if its defense continues to dominate, they might continue to win and win and win. Yeah, uh, logic would say this is always a close game, but it's really not the case. You know, five of the last six have been double-digit wins. Uh, the home team has won the last three pretty convincingly uh, by two touchdowns or more. Uh, Iowa is hanging. This is a big spot for Wisconsin. I think it's a reminder for Wisconsin that, Hey, Luke Fickle's got it figured out a little bit, and this is probably the best bet for our team to get to Indianapolis. They play the Buckeyes in a couple weeks. That There's going to be a lot made about that around here where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's the difference, is that the, the Badgers are a little further along on offense, have a running game they can trust, don't have a backup quarterback in there, and uh, they're at home. So uh, I like the Badgers here, and like you said, it's – Iowa, though, you, you, they're another team. It's a lesser version of Alabama where we bury and bury and bury them. And then you look at their record at the end of the year and you're like, hey, they were nine and three or 10 and two. How did that happen? Right. I mean, the schedule helps, but it's going to be a fun contrast to watch Oregon and Washington firing the ball all over the field. And then you click over here and Iowa and Wisconsin are punting the ball all over the field. So it's, that could be uh, the case for that one. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. All right, so let's move on to the evening window. We've got number 10, USC, at number 21, Notre Dame. That's a 7.30 game on NBC. 
Notre Dame, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, we talked a lot about this game yesterday with uh, Brian Driscoll from Irish Breakdown. That was fun. Lots of details on that one from the Notre Dame side. My question is, Notre Dame has scored six touchdowns in three games. USC is averaging seven touchdowns every game. How is Notre Dame favored in this game? Uh, that's a weird line, and that has always spooked me a little bit. It's kind of like last week when I thought Washington State was a slam dunk against UCLA, and UCLA won. We're going to talk more about the Bruins here in a second. But, I mean, the rivalry factor, the desperation factor, uh, are they, like, the more I think about it, are they sitting on this statement win like they did against Clemson last year where and then expect them to beat Clemson? They blew them out. They're not going to blow out USC. But – uh it's the offense. It's the Caleb Williams factor. We have a really good feature about Caleb coming out this week. And again, I think we talked about this yesterday where I just said like, he's the one quarterback where it's kind of, there's that not comparing him to him, but there's the Jordan aura around him. The, the, and Randy Travers, his coach talked about that where doesn't matter what the score is. Doesn't matter what the situation is. If that dude's on the field, they've got a chance to win. And yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say he's so hard to root against right if you're a fan and you know he's on the field and you almost have him sacked and you almost have the the, the receivers are covered he just make the plays when he needs to make them he's just so frustrating from an, an opposing fan base to watch him operate you know and he like if he has to run for two yards and drag the guy in the end zone he's going to do it so yeah, yeah, and Notre Dame will test his patience. They they tested it last year. He didn't have gaudy passing stats in that game, and Notre Dame will be able to run the ball. This USC defense has to answer the bell today. A couple of their players were defending Alex Grinch this week, and you wonder how that's going to go. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's classic rivalry. Another big, big game for Lincoln Riley and Marcus Freeman. I think we have questions on different levels for both of those guys. And uh, – they should put on a show. I'm glad it's in prime time. It should be fun. Yeah, it was like Marcus Freeman. He did manage to pick Notre Dame up off the mat last year. They lost to Stanford. Things are not going well. And they regrouped. Big home game. Clemson, similar type of situation. They regrouped and they played their best game of the season. They're going to have to play their best game of the season to beat USC. And like uh, the point you made about Notre Dame, defended the pass pretty well. He ran for three touchdowns. Like that's the thing about Caleb. It's like, he'll figure it out. He'll find a way. And he did that last year against Notre Dame. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a, a big piece of the puzzle. Uh, USC can't really trip up here. They've got a tough schedule down the stretch and oh, uh, man. it's, this is just one of them. So, and another kind of feather for them, if they can get through the pac 12, there'll be a no doubt playoff team. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, Game number two in the evening, number 25, Miami. At number 12, North Carolina, 730 ABC. North Carolina, three-and-a-half-point favorite. North Carolina finally got some attention last week with a 40-6 win over Syracuse. And Drake May had his first real big game of the season, 442 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. The Tar Heels are knocking on the door of the top 10. This is one of their three big tests, really, in the second half. They also have Duke and Clemson uh, coming up in November. Miami, obviously, we've talked about it all week, dealing with Negate, uh, but lost in the shuffle. It was just kind of a sloppy effort against Georgia Tech. To, you know, 
Georgia Tech came in two and three after a loss to Bowling Green, and they they dismissed their defensive coordinator or, or demoted him, I guess, uh, before that game. But Miami just couldn't put him away. They had five turnovers, and they figured out a way to lose. They they outgained him by two hundred yards. Um, and then this uh, one final thing on that game: incredible stat. Miami under Mario Cristobal, ACC home games zero and five thus far. Still looking for their first home league win. So what do you think about Carolina and Miami? Miami might be catching the wrong team at the wrong time. North Carolina's had a hand in this series. as Some of the games have been close. But, uh, again, I wonder what the hangover effect is of being told all week. I mean, it can either galvanize a team, they play very well, or it can hurt them. And it's kind of a circle because the week before, Georgia Tech had an embarrassing loss to BG, rallied around the – the team and and won the game. I mean, that was a three touchdown. Miami was a three touchdown favorite in that game. So I think they're just running into a North Carolina team that's more well-rounded than they're getting credit for. It's not just Drake May. It's the running game. It's the defense. It's the, uh, this is Mac Brown's best team in his second stint. And uh, look for the Tar Heels to roll here. So I looked up Mario Cristobal's season last year because Miami had a lot of devastating losses last year to see how they rebounded off them uh after they lost to mtsu at home which was total embarrassment for miami they actually had a bye week and then they lost to north carolina by three so they kind of regrouped they had two weeks to do it against mtsu the, the other loss i looked at though they had a blowout loss to duke which again is embarrassing for miami especially last year before we kind of knew duke was a good good duke um the next week, it took them four overtimes to beat Virginia, 14-12. to 12. Ugly, ugly game. Virginia won one game all season in the ACC. So they didn't exactly bounce back great after, uh, you know, in that type of situation. So a um, little history there to see what they've done uh, after a, a meltdown or a blowout loss or an embarrassing loss, and they're certainly in that position this week. So, all right, third game. For the evening window, third and final game, number 18, UCLA at number 15, Oregon State, 8 o'clock on Fox. Oregon State is a four-point favorite. All the evening games should be close. The noon games, not close. Evening games, close. But as like we said, you know, college football never really follows the script. But anyway, UCLA picked itself up off the mat after a disappointing performance at Utah and handed handled Washington State last week. I mean – that was going to be a close game. They handled a 14-point swing in the wrong direction when uh, Dante Moore threw a pick six deep in Washington State in the red zone, went all the way back the other way. That's a 14-point swing, a uh, 14-point swing in a close game. Uh, but they end up taking the lead in the fourth quarter uh, by eight. Washington State had three possessions late in the fourth quarter, down by one score, and UCLA just shut them down. Wazoo gained 38 yards on 15 plays in those three possessions. So UCLA's D is legit. They are number five in the country. Oregon State, on the other side, they come in five and one. DJU is 19 for 25, 275, and five touchdowns last week. The QBR rating that ESPN think was 97.9, which I think 100 is perfect. Uh, so this feels like a coin flip game. Points will be at a premium. It's going to be really fun. Uh, Oregon State, last note, is 9-1 and one at home. 
the last two years, two and one against ranked teams. So pretty good. Yeah, it, I can't figure out UCLA. I haven't been able to figure them out all year. You know, I, I pick them and they lose. And then when I don't pick them, they win. And I didn't pick them this week. So Oregon State might be in trouble. Uh, it, it, But some of that's freshman quarterback, Dante Moore. He's unpredictable. Right. He's had some good games. And they've supported him with a good running game and a good defense. DJ Ukin knows all about that uh, growing and learning through having a running game and a good defense and or he's coming off his best game. So I like Oregon state in the game. I think it'll be tight and close, like you said, but uh, yet another, I mean, if you peek ahead to the Pac-12 schedule next week, there's three more games with ranked teams. It's, it's every week with that conference. And if it had sec or big 10 patches on their Jersey, there'd be a lot more interest in it. I think. Yeah. That's going to be really, really good game. Really fun game. Yeah. All right, let's move to our confidence contest. We both went two and three last week, but you got seven points. I got five. You won the week. You won week six. So the season tally, Trochi 39, Bender 37. Uh, as a reminder, so we do five against the spread picks every week, and we order them bowl style, five points for the most confident, four, three, two, one down the list uh so bill you can kick us off what is your five pointer against the spread this week and i will record them on the official all america podcast notebook i got north carolina minus three and a half as the five i i just think miami's stepping into the wrong game at the wrong time against the wrong team that ha- has played very well and has taken care of business in acc play with drake may and that could blow up. Like I said, that could go the other way because Miami could be galvanized from it. But I don't see it, man. I, I think the Tar Heels win. And then maybe Miami starts to move on after that. You will see I agree with you later on. <laughs> My five-pointer, Memphis, plus four and a half at home against Tulane. That'll be a good game. Friday night. Uh, Memphis is four and one. The only loss was seven pointer to Missouri. We all know Missouri's pretty good. Uh, Tulane's also four and one, but they played a four quarter game with UAB last week. UAB's not very good, and you know how much I love the Friday night home dog, Bill. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. I have no numbers to back it up, but it's a thing in my mind, in my brain, that the Friday night dog in college football is the most sure bet out there. So I'm going to put that again to the test. I'm going with Memphis as my five-pointer. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good pick. Um, We'll see, though. Those are two really good group of five teams. I think for my four-pointer, and I am probably shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway, I'll go USC plus two and a half. I I still think they're the better team. I think they have the more consistent offense if they get a couple turnovers. And and Notre Dame, maybe I'm wrong again. Maybe they have their Clemson game from last year, and they – silence usc but too much offense too much uh too much caleb they go they kind of make their statement at notre dame stadium and i got the trojans plus two and a half for four yeah yeah that spread reminds me of the washington state one where like the you feel like the wrong team's favored but i feel like i feel like the wrong team's favored i'm wrong (laughs) so i didn't make that pick but i i agree i just i just don't see how they can keep pace with with USA. I mean, Notre Dame's defense is good. They've been good, but they've also shown that they can wear down if they have to carry the load the whole game. They did that against Ohio State. They wore down 
when it mattered most. They wore down against Louisville. So we'll see what happens. All right, my four-pointer, I'm going with LSU. Minus 11 and a half uh, at home against Auburn. Again, this is a situation where I don't think the Auburn's offense is going to keep up with LSU, especially on the road. Auburn is averaging 15 points a game against Power 5 opponents. LSU is averaging 40 points a game against Power 5 opponents. So that's a difference of 25. I know LSU's D isn't great, but I don't think Auburn is in position to to take uh, advantage of it. So I think they cover the 11 and a half just because Auburn can't keep up. See, that's my three-pointer the other way. So this will be a big game. Auburn, like Auburn to cover because LSU can't tackle anybody. And Uh, Auburn can run the ball a little bit. Hugh Freeze, you know, they played well against Georgia. So this will be a key swing game in our contest. I'll take take double digits in that rivalry all day. I mean, they have a history. (laughs) We're not, we're not, they can't tackle. They, they have not shown they can tackle the last two weeks. And I know Auburn's going to have trouble uh, slowing that team down. But, I mean, the last two meetings, one-score games, five-point game last time they were in Baton Rouge. Um, I'm actually looking at it right here, Bill. Six of the last seven have been five points or less, uh-huh. six points or less. So, I'll take that as odds. It's an SEC rivalry. I think they go back and forth. LSU wins. But – uh was Jaden Daniels playing like Superman in those seven games that you just referenced? He played last year. Like right now. 21-17 last year against Brian Harzen. So, uh, I don't know. I, I like Auburn to cover in that game. Blowout City. Thank you. I'll take that one. All right. Three-pointer. I'm going with North Carolina, too. Everything says North Carolina, which means I think Miami's going to cover. Uh, you know, you're supposed to go – Let's not overreact to the previous week, Bill. You're not supposed to do that. Right. But I'm too dumb to learn that because Miami was a disaster. North Carolina looked great. In college football, everything swings. Even when you don't think it's going to swing, it swings. But I'm I'm too dumb and too chicken to predict it. So I'm going North Carolina here because on paper, I think they'll easily cover. But uh, games are paper. North Carolina for three for me. So what's your two? I got uh, Wyoming ten and a half underdog with Air Force. They beat Air Force last year, and I'm going to venture off the board. And I like the Cowboys. They they've been a really good underdog this year. So Mount Air West Conference boys, though, I thought are they they are, but you know, like Wyoming's really good. Uh, you know, they they gave te- you know they obviously beat Texas Tech. They got beat by Texas pretty handily, but as an underdog this year, they are three and zero with three outright wins. So I'm going to ride that underdog one more week with Wyoming. They could win that game outright. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, uh, yeah, I, that, that's a good pick. That's a very high spread for two teams that are very close. Good. Oh, it's a good pick. Two pointer. I'm taking Oregon plus three. I just think Oregon's defense is much, much better than Washington's. Both offenses are great. I just think Oregon's D is elite. Washington's is fine. I'm going to hang my hat on the Oregon D. And then that penalty situation, you know, you know, I research, you know, I research, you know, I researched it. will factor that into. So I'm going to take Oregon plus the three uh, in the biggest game of the week. It's not a bad pick. I stayed away from it. Um, 
My one will be the Ohio Bobcats, the five and one Ohio Bobcats with Whoa. a top 10 defense. The one okay. to Calb playing Northern Illinois, six and a half point favorite. I think they win by a touchdown. I think this, I, every time I pick them, it goes wrong, but I, I'm watching them. They're, they're a really good football team this year. They, they've got a good balance of offense and defense. Tim Albin's got them playing complimentary football. I think the Bobcats, continue toward another MAC championship appearance. They go out to Northern Illinois and win by seven. Okay. All right. Uh, my one pointer, Maryland minus 14 at home against Illinois. Illinois is 0 and six against the spread this season. They will cover at some point, but I don't think they're going to do it for the first time against a pretty good offense on the road. Uh, Maryland was impressive against Ohio state. They had a chance to be up probably 10 at halftime. It was tied. They were up 17-10 in the third quarter. It just kind of fell apart, but that was the first time I'd really seen them, and I liked what I saw. There was a couple of plays, obviously, here and there that would have made a, a difference against Ohio State, at least in the first two and a half quarters, three quarters or whatever. So they look pretty good to me. Illinois has not played well. They've played under expectations all season. I think Maryland bounces back at home and, and, and covers the 14 against an offense that, you know, they don't, Illinois has not been points. So, um, right. all right. So we'll recap here. You've got North Carolina as your five pointer. USC on the road at Notre Dame plus two and a half. You've got Auburn plus eleven and a half. Also on the road, you've got Wyoming plus ten and a half. Are they on the road too. Uh, I think so. I, it doesn't matter. They, they'll they'll play one score game either. You way. got Ohio on the road. Minus yeah, six and a half. You you're road warrior this week, Bill. You're yeah. going all four out of five on the road. I'm going with Memphis as the home dog Friday night, four and a half. LSU minus eleven and a half at home. UNC minus three and a half at home. Oregon plus three at Washington. And I'm taking Maryland at home, minus fourteen against Illinois. So uh before we get out of here, we gotta do the Trochi trivia. And to recap, Charlie Ward, uh, he won the Heisman Trophy, 1993, first-round draft pick, 1994. Who was the runner-up of the 1993 Heisman Trophy race and who was the overall number one pick in the 1994 NBA draft? I mean, Glenn Robinson is the NBA guy because he's the, he's the best Big Ten player I've ever seen. I, I told Grant about him last year. I was talking about – I said, when Glenn Robinson stepped on the floor, I said, you just booked in your head, well, there's 30 points and 10 rebounds that you have, that they get. He was unbelievable in college. Uh, you know, he may, like, talk to DeCourcy about him. He he may be the best college basketball player I've ever seen. Like, he's in that discussion. I, I'm sure there's somebody that's better, but he's right there. Um, Went to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, and had a success, the big dog. He was uh, – I don't I'm blanking on the Heisman. I should I should beat myself up. I'm gonna say, even though I know it's wrong, I think I don't think Marshall Falk ever finished second, but that's gonna be my guess because I bet he was around third. Good guess. He was fourth, I believe. Yeah, in front of me. But um it was a blowout. Charlie Ward won in right. uh, so the the second name isn't overly recognizable, but it's an interesting one. You'll recognize it. Heath Schuler. Uh, quarterback of Tennessee. Uh, Remember, uh, yeah. came second to Charlie Ward. And, of course, he was the one that was drafted. And Charlie Ward went undrafted. There's and some fun. I'm pulling it up now. There's some fun names on here. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Palmer, Glenn Foley finished fifth for beating Notre Dame. <laughs> LaShawn Johnson, wow. Uh, and then Tyrone Wheatley finished eighth. Uh, you know, he, I was kind of thinking, was it a Washington quarterback? Because Washington and Michigan had some Rose Bowls then. But um, so Heath Schuler, didn't he go on to like Congress or Senator, something yeah. like that? Yeah. He did. he did. Good for Tennessee. There you go. There you go. All right. Great. Well, that was a fun show. Thank you to everyone for listening to the CFP Nation All America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon.